trendsetters. Welcome back to Cool Game Sync, video game design podcast for Cool, for cool Game Sync. I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Nick Robinson. We're our own thing, baby. We are our own independent satellite operation. We are, and this is our first episode, our first live show. Our first live independent, just free from the fucking shackles of corporate America coming mm-hmm. to you live through Netscape Navigator. Exclusively the, available through Netscape Navigator. You had to fucking FTP our shit. And I hope you turned on. What's the? I hope you turned on the code blocker that kept the the government out of these files. Nick Robinson, mm-hmm. do you know it's a very special time for me and my uh, my Austin, Texas family here in the Cap City. I can imagine uh, it's probably popping off because of the South by Southwest. Because of well, you just call it South by or or Sobo. I thought a lot of people call it Sexow, right? S X S W. A lot of people call it S S X Tricky. A lot of people call it Sobo. A lot of people call it S S X just by itself. Some people call it Cypress Hill. A lot of people just call it. And a lot of there's a lot of. Can I tell you stuff? Yeah, always. Very disrupted down here these like today during this year's 2017's edition of the south by southwest mm-hmm. um the the downtown is just disrupted the f- fucking fault lines running underneath austin have basically shattered the city and oh it sounds of, like very geographically disrupted it's geographically disrupted but i'm being speaking metaphorically it's just that somebody brought some apps that just like were really good oh, so that type of disruption so you want to have y'all you know have what, like you know though which Go, go ahead. You guys don't have. You know like, which one that. So I was just gonna say that you guys don't have, y'all don't have like Lyft down there. Oh no, we don't have Uber. Lyft or Uber because they it's, we fucking disrupted those fucking idiots. You sure did. You disrupted the disruptors. It's kind of the ultimate type of disruption. But I, they ki- yeah, they killed the cabs. And what killed the cab? What killed the cabs? God. Wait, no. What killed the cabs? Uber did. What killed Uber? God did. Interesting. The God of Austin. The God Mayor of Austin. Yeah. God, man kills God. Woman kills man. Woman mm-hmm. dominates the world. Jurassic Park. They took a rib out of a taxi and used yes. it to make Uber. But then Uber ate from the tree of sin. Mm-hmm. And they got kicked out of the Garden of Austin. And now we have Subar. Now tell me about this. This sounds very disruptive. What is Subar- Subaru? Subaru is a dealership you go and you buy a nice Outback. And, ah. you, and then you drive it. No cues, no long wait times. You just get I in your Subaru that. and go. No app. Subaru. Subaru Uber. And it's like Uber, but for driving yourself. And then Subaru is going to be like, we don't want to pay all your fees, Austin. We're leaving too unless you give us back our fees. And we're just like over here. I'm over here with my fucking Frisbee golf just flipping you two birds. Like, eat a cold one, fucking Subaru. We chase them the fuck out of town. And that opens an opportunity for me to launch my competing app, Sparrow. Now tell me about Sparrow. You go and you get a nasty small pizza. Okay. At a good price? No, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, you're just going to go and get a weird disc of bad cheese and stuff. Was that but the Frisbee you were talking about? It's It was inspired by the Frisbee. I, I threw the Frisbee and like some God rays shone through it. And I was like, Eureka. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And then Uber comes back into town and drives straight into the fucking front glass window display of my Sparrow, killing me. And mm-hmm. six other people, and then they're back in charge. So no, that's disruption. That and it's very disrupted downtown. You disrupt- hey, yeah. 
you heard about all the cool apps that are coming out of this one? I I'm about to. From you. From me? Okay. There's the one. Do you know how sometimes you'll be on the phone and you'll be like on the subway or in a subway ordering your sandwich, but you just ordered it and you've, you're sitting down and you're eating your sandwich and you're on your phone calling your friends? Yes. And your Honestly, phone's. What? This happens to me so many, like three or four times a week, I feel like. Mm. And also, this is happening and the phone slides because it's made of a glossy alloy. And it slides from your fingers, and it lands right on your balls and genitals. Yeah, and it hurts really Face bad. Face down too. Yeah. If I, if I've actually taken this, here's a little life hack. If this happens to you a lot, you can actually go into the Touch ID settings, and you put your balls and genitals in there as a thumbprint. I don't want it active, if and it's, that way it logs in every time I do that. I don't want it to do that because what if it lands on the floor and I accidentally do a fire emblem turn with my toes? That would be bad. You could end up FaceTiming. The app. Who? FaceTiming who? You, just, you could end up FaceTiming your balls and your genitals to the friend oh, you're on the phone with. And that's, oh, you know, that that's no good for anyone. Stink. So this app I've got is a big children's balloon. And you just tie it. You tie, yeah, you tie it right on there as a sort of add-on bonus. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm, I'm on the phone at Subway. And first of all, I look cool. I have a big cool balloon. This is a conversation starter. It's a big it will, balloon you're saying? It's a children's balloon, but it's big enough to have to phone. Got it. It's yeah. got to be pretty big. That sounds a little bit disruptive, but I want you to keep going. Yeah, I mean, it's bouncing against the ceiling of the subway, and they've asked me to leave. And so I'm in there, and I'm ta- calling my friends, and I let go of my phone. Oops, slip slide. And it fucking like, have you seen Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise? I have seen it, yeah. You know the part where he goes, bam, bam, and he goes down on the rope, and he swings into the vault? Mm-hmm. Just like that, he steals all. He steals all the money. You with it, his rope, with his cool rope, he Spider Man's down from. Yes, I do. And you're saying the the balloon the phone situation does that, reminds dude. you of that. Yeah, the phone like drops like really fast, and it's coming down on a on like a corner or an edge, so that if it did, and I'm wearing those shorts, and so if it had hit, if it had landed, that would have been sayonara. Yeah, you'd but, be. But it, you know what it did? Balloon catches it last second, and I fucking I like it floats that. back up, and I just grab it and put it right back to my Talk ear. Talk about like, it's kind of a hands-free situation. And I'm like, sorry, Jameson, what were you saying? And like everybody looks at me, and they all applaud, and I get everyone in the restaurant stands. Yeah, up and, and I get my money back for my subway sandwich. They're like, they actually are like, we're so sorry, sir. We didn't realize. We didn't. Reali- <laughs> we didn't realize we had the next Mark Zuckerberg here yeah. with us. And they punch all the fucking buttons on my card. And I just oh. know next time I can, yeah. Give you one of those cookies also on the way out the door? Or? Dude, they already gave me one of those cookies when they saw my cool balloon, so, yeah. Now, let's, it sounds like there might be kind of a bit of a rift, because some, it must, you know I the think they really, they really what it's ate, called? what's the app called, Griffin? <laughs> balloon. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think, it's, it seems like there's maybe a rift, or at least, maybe, I guess it seems like the subway employees are really kind of eating crow, because it's, what you told me at first was that when you walked in, the balloon was bumping up on the ceiling, and they were yeah. asking you to leave, mm-hmm. and it was really only, it wasn't until they saw the purpose the fucking, of the balloon. Yeah, it's the manager asked me to leave. He's fucking lame, Mr. Jangle. Yeah, who's, Jang- who's, who's the manager Mr. now, Mr. Sh- Jangle? Mr. Shingles. Mr. Shingles. Asked me to leave because he, he was like, you can't have a balloon in here. And then I fucking pants Joke's him. on you, you old. Yeah, you old. <laughs> 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 um, so that's balloon. 
just B L O O N. Got it. Cool. I'll download that. Yeah, you already did. It's I I uh, worked with Apple to just get it. Oh, on that's a phone. sweet. That's got to be a sweet deal. Is it preloaded now, on there? It's, I'll tell you what I did for the software dev on this one. It's a short cycle. It's just a um, bookmark to Google Chrome, and it opens up an Amazon order of just one very big children's balloon. Mm-hmm. It just adds it to your cart. Yeah. And you worked with Apple to preload yeah. Google Chrome yeah. on every iPhone. Yeah, with, so, Jeff, but yeah, with Robbie, Robbie Jobs. I got to imagine that Johnny Ive was not psyched about that. He's, he didn't have fuck to say about it because he didn't have fuck all to say. I had Robbie Jobs on the, on the case. Hmm. That was um, is that Steve uh, Jobs' like little friend? His little, <laughs> Steve Jobs' little friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> South. It sounds like it's been a really good year for you at South by Southwest. Yeah, I mean, I've lost everything, but you got to spend money to make it. <laughs> you got to spend money to. So this was sort of a. It's you a building invested year. in the app in a big yeah. way. It's a rebuilding year, and tomorrow next year is probably going to be a rebuilding year too because I'm. I have nothing. Should we do uh, what we do? Mm-hmm. What did we do last? I feel like really good about what we did last time on our short uh, fever episode. Oh, man. I really was not. You defo don't remember, huh? Physically making memories. No, I was still saying stuff, but I it was not like none of it was getting downloaded. So if you yeah, could. Yeah, you were eternal sunshining it like pretty fucking hard. If you could re- Mind it was, me. Oh, it was Oops All Bailey's The Cash Cab. Oh, uh, I do. Okay, that does actually, that feels familiar. I'm, I mean, I think that one actually didn't turn out super great because once, I mean, it, it was a good fine game, but like the player base was among the most toxic ever because it was just like, what's two plus three? And somebody would be like, five? And he'd be like, no, eight. Get the fuck out of my car. Right, it was like, very uh, troll friendly in a way. Very that troll friendly, yeah. Could have anticipated if both of us were like mentally at 100% for that episode. I mean, I was, and I, I have no excuse. Um, let's um, let's do some shit. Cool. Should we start with the top one? Yes. Let's start with the top one. The top from one is from Og- Yeah. You want to read it? Sure. It's a game where you organize and command the tiny team of people who live inside and operate a vending machine. I like this very much. You know I'm into that fucking lemonade stand manager shit, but there's right. also sort of a physical element to this. How tiny are we talking here? Like borrowers? Secret roll of Arietti? Like what are we talking Ooh, about? Oh, a little secret roll of Arietti vibe. So they're extremely small. We're t- like, they're like uh, to, to even receive a quarter from a customer is going to be like a three-man jobby. Yeah, because you try to do that with one man and you get fucking Indiana Jones in the you Temple get, of Doom. You get chased mm-hmm. down. The, well, that could be the beginning of every level is there's a chase sequence where you That was not, sorry. That. It was the other one. It was the other Indiana Jones movie. Sorry. I got to get ahead of the tweets. It was uh, Temple of Time. The Indiana Jones and the Water Temple. The Water Temple. He gets chased by a big boulder. Mm. Um, so that's maybe maybe it's sort of a a sequence of almost like Cooking Mama uh, nested mini games where you're you're at, every level starts with a quarter being put in. You've got to outrun and also kind of as a as a it, you're almost controlling a bunch of borrowers Pikmin style yeah. as they try to guide the uh, coin down the chute. Uh, make sure it doesn't fall over, but also don't get crushed by it, you know? Or fall in the chute yourself. I think they call the chute the dark place, and they've lost a lot of borrowers. And they can hear, you can hear the borrowers down there just jingling around in the coins hmm. um, down in the dark place, and then every once in a while, uh, uh, some a big person comes and collects them. That's right. scary. There's a scary element to that. It does seem kind of scary. Well, that that was also true in the borrowers, right? Like, there's yeah. a mean old, mean old mom in Secret World of Arietti or whatever. 
didn't see it. So I think you have a grappling hook that you can use to get up to the top of the chips, right? Chips are usually up top, right? So somebody's like, Andy Caps Hot Fries, G8, um, G6. And then they fucking you throw the grappling hook up there and you zip up. And then you got to like work together with like, I, a bag of chips is easy, right? It's it's a lot of space, but not very much volume. A lot of air so, in there, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's pretty easy to... Is this a vending machine that doesn't have the weird corkscrew shit in it then? Is that's that what, what we're I'm talking wondering. About? Like, well, the, there's kind of a question like of can they is it okay for them to see you is it okay for the customer to see you or are you trying to stealth it i think you're trying to stealth it but i also think the corkscrew shit is not in there it's basically what we're talking about is a glass lined impenetrable cabinet well what's cool about this machine is that it doesn't require electricity so you can put it anywhere because it's entirely borrower operated Mm. so there's there's no corkscrew there's no coin counter it's all handled by little little Boys and girls and everybody in there. All these like, little people. And then there's like a life sim element in between rounds. Right. Right? The fucking, the grocery store closes, the school cl- Do you have vending machines in your school? Yes. What'd you have? What was in those? I would get a big old honey bun. Oh, yeah, dude. I get honey buns all day. I had honey buns and I had handicaps hot fries. And um, do you know what? Did you have drinks? Do you have sodas? There was a soda machine. Yeah, we get a Dr. Pepper out of it sometimes. We had a soda machine for one year, and they said, "Fuck that! We're gonna get it out of here. We're gonna replace it with a Fruitopia machine." And in my fucking back then, I was like, "Boo! I want my do. I gotta have my do." But now I would be fucking psyched to slam a a Fruitopia? prohibited Fruitopia. An you ever ancient- have a Fruitopia? You, you ever have Snapple Elements? Remember those? Dude, I yeah, I've had many different types of Snapple. Oh, the elements were so good. There was the rain one. It was made of like cactus juice or something. My high school had some shit in it that I did not realize was that weird until we did the Bam Bam TV show and we did an episode in the high school. Uh, and we shot a scene in the like the lounge of our high school, like the student lounge. And there's like a bunch of pool tables in there. And people were like, you have pool tables? What the fuck high school did you go to? And it's like, we had pool tables, a jukebox. Uh, what? And yeah, uh, fr- like six Fruitopia machines. And we had a, and this is the truth, a Daytona USA machine. The two-player Daytona USA machine. Um, now, the latter almost didn't work ever. Um, they would repair at the beginning of each year. And by like three weeks in, like one of the screens like, was busted. What? Where in the was it in the cafeteria? Was it in the no, gym? No, it was like a student lounge, like down the hall from the cafeteria That's that you cool would like school. go chill in. It was a pretty cool school. Um, and there was a bolt on the Daytona USA machine that was like probably touching an exposed wire or something like that, where if you touched it and something else metal, you would electrocute yourself. Oh. So, like when you weren't playing Daytona, you would play a different game, which was a free game, a free game, which was well, there was a cost, right? Physiologically. Um, yeah, I didn't even realize, like, hey, it's weird that I went to a school with fucking pool tables and a Daytona USA machine in, in Huntington, West Virginia, right? Like, it's not even like I was in some fucking yeah. SoCal Montessori shit. Like, anyway. Um, what were we talking about? I forget. Oh, uh, little people oh, in a vending machines. machine. That's a yeah. cool idea. But I, I found the one that I was looking for earlier that I was... Hemi. Uh, it's from Constable Jones, predictably. Always hits us with the hottest Very the hottest reliable. Shit. Uh, and they're saying a cover-based shooter where you are naturally invincible, but you still need the cover because you're very shy. <laughs> so um, bullets are not really... Th- there's a ton of enemies, and they're always blasting on you, but it, that's not your worry. That's not a big deal. You're invincible. Right. It's more about, like, being, like, you're... Vi- it's kind of a... There's a stage fright component. If you pop out a cover, and there's, like, five or six enemies looking at you, you yeah. start blushing a little. Maybe you have a blush meter that when it gets full, you game over. 
So it's like no, a- I think you're still invincible, right? I think the game just like freezes up for a really long time. Mm. Like you just can't fucking play it for like an hour. Yeah, and that's worse than a game over. That's way worse. That's a good punishment. Um, so what? How can you combat the, the the shyness? Yeah, like what are you besides hiding? I mean, I think it's going to be primarily you are moving from cover to cover, trying to get through these situations uh, without getting very, very embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, if if you are asking me what kind of power ups you can use to combat <laughs> social anxiety, I will tell you. Uh, for me, historically, drinking a little has liquid been pretty, courage. A little serious. bit of that has been good. Um, okay. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm having a hard time figuring figuring out how this is going to like translate to game mechanics. Yeah, I mean, I think the core mechanic of like bouncing from cover to cover, trying not to get spotted, is like it, in concept, it's cool, but it also kind of turns it into like a stealth game where you can't die. Which yeah. isn't ultra compelling. I, there's something there. I just think maybe we, I don't know. It's a gr- it's a great little nugget of an idea. Do you have do you have a do you have something you want to share though? I was just thinking of stealth. I, I went on a whole fucking tangent in like a five second thing in my own mind. Where I was thinking about stealth games, and I was thinking about how I was playing Zelda, and there was this uh, mandatory stealth level. Um, that was fine. It was over quick enough, but I was still disappointed. Like, oh man. Mandatory stealth levels are my least favorite, and then I was thinking the about Gerudo es- one. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. fine. Like the banana I, I, one. Yeah, you have to drop b- bananas to like lure guards away, and it's funny enough, right? And you can yeah. get through it in like thirty seconds or whatever. And then I was thinking about escort missions, and there right. is actually one of those too, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, and then I was thinking about could there be a game? This is not based off a of prompt. This is just my own dumb, just sort of spinning it. Could there be a game that is a multiplayer escort mission? where i think you start out at level bullshit and you have to team up with somebody who's level awesome and they have to keep you alive on the escort mission for you while like a bunch of enemies that are their level try to kill your ass and they have to keep you alive so like the way it works in like destiny i think is the level of the mission will match the highest level now yeah no. Of the highest no. level player, is that right? There, there is a limit to how much higher, how much more dope you can be. Right. Than in this your game, enemies. it's the opposite. There is a, there is actually a minimum difference between you and the in your teammate. Right. So you're level thirty. I'm level two, and right. all of the enemies in this level are level thirty. You, and if they you are, get hit, if a bullet even passes by you, there will be some area of effect damage. It'll take out like half your health. That's and how these much things more powerful are, these are. These things are going to be fucking. Crag, and they're going to be coming out of the woodwork to try and like climb over cover and get me and it's up to you to like clear a path for me to just run as fast as i can I mean, and I, imagine like the 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 sort of like um teamwork that this is going to require and when it when it works out i think there's going to be a very strong bond created between these two players 90 percent of the time it's not going to work out and the whatever the opposite of a bond is going to be formed it's just nothing but just like i don't want to disappoint you dad oh mm. so i didn't mean to say dad there but when you but when you end up with that perfect teammate it's going to be it's going to be a beautiful moment for you I think and you're going to have a lifelong friend. And and not only that there's like this fucking like the level 30 person looks down and and, and at the finish line you're like not bad kid keep this up and you'd be like me someday. And the level 2 player is like wow you're so cool. You know what I mean? Like it, it can be like a friendship of like admiration and trust. Yeah, there's not a lot of those in in online multiplayer right now. No, you have to form a fucking 
communication. And then when you get through it, it's like, wow, good job. Or you're level 30 and you see the level two person just like stand up like, is it safe? Pop dead. And I think I think that cuts. There's no second chance. It cuts off communication. Gone. They're just gone. And you never team up with them again. And you're like, he doesn't have it. It's sort of a journey situation. He just doesn't have it. Do you? Because the thing that escort missions have a reputation of being ultra shitty. Yeah. How do we how do we get over that hump? Because uh, I, I think about like the the Emma Emmerich swimming thing in Metal Gear Solid. 2. Well, that was doomed to fail. It was fucking garbage. Swim very slow. I that could have been a one person experience, and it would have sucked. Um, <laughs> I'm saying, I, do you think that having a human player will will make that better? Or make that yeah. worse? Yeah, I mean, what's what stinks is fucking like uh, Resident Evil Four. The president's daughter, like, come on. Hurry! Just come on! Hurry! You don't have to worry about that with a with a, a with a, a real player unless you do. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I think this could be fun. I think it could be occasionally fun. I don't think it'll be fun, but I think like the friendships that come out of it will be very meaningful. Uh, yeah, I think you're onto something. How about this one though from Sufazone? Huh. Sorry, Sufazone. <laughs> This one's from Sufazone. He says, Titanfall, but instead of your Titan, you call in your dad. Okay, I like this. So Pink, it's, Pink Lloyd adds in, he comes to pick you up in a RAV4. So that's that's a crucial detail because we've, done, we've explored Titanfall before, but I, I think this is not a, a, this is not like Bidenfall where it's falling from the sky. This is like, you need to call your you dad can. and he'll be there in 15 minutes, right? And he comes, in a truck. Yeah. And he comes and he gets you. Is the is the core gameplay? Is the infantry on foot gameplay still just like Call of Duty with parkour? But you're yeah. waiting for your dad to get there because that's kind of sick. I kind of yeah, like that. I think it's just like, I think you're just wall running, doing all kinds of dope shit, and then like you land on a roof and you're like behind an AC unit, and there's like six folks on the other side of the roof with big cool guns, and you say, "I'm not going to win this one," and so you press a button that initiates a cutscene that makes you invincible. That's important. I don't think anybody can come kill you once you've initiated this, but you call your dad, and then they can just watch. They can't do anything because it's a fucking RAV4. What are you going to do? Shoot it with a gun? It can't be. It's not. You can't be intimidated. You can't dent that. You can't scratch you, it. You get in the RAV4, and you drive off, and you've left the game. So it's... Okay, so it's interesting. We're taking a component of Titanfall that I think people don't talk enough about, which is... The escape, yeah. The escape at the end of a level where the losing team, if they make it to the airship, they can just dip and still get sort of a small victory. This is thematically the opposite of that, where you get too scared during the game, and instead of, like, initiating this punishment of you're dead for four seconds, right... And you have to like look at a map for four seconds and then you're back and playing. The punishment is you leave the game and you're just done with that game and you don't get any more right. points from that game. And you have to get in your and guess what? Your dad's a fucking nerd and you're like your friends are all going to watch you get picked up by him. And I think it scans your dad. It does use your actual dad. Because you know what this reminds me of? There's like a um, there's like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I'm not going to be able to find the name, but there's a Yu-Gi-Oh card where it's like you both lose. <laughs> like it's yeah. a Yu-Gi-Oh card where it's like, if you have to be losing by at least like a thousand health to use this, but basically it's like the game's over. You both lose. It's basically the fuck both of us card. This is like, I don't think it, I say, I don't think it's like that. I think it doesn't end the game entirely because you just, is, you leave it, the game. It's like a 16 on 16 game and I've been doing okay. Right. And I've had a pretty good game, but I land in a room and there's eight folks in here. I press call my dad, dad call. And, 
the RAV4 comes and I'm invincible. They're shooting at me and they're shooting at my dad in the RAV4, but it doesn't do anything because it's a fucking cutscene. And I hop in and I drive off and leave. And they get this satisfaction of knowing we've scared this person so bad. They got in their fucking nerdy dad's RAV4 and driven off. And you get to like, I think they can also yell things at you and you still hear it. Like, get lost, nerd. Get out of here, you fucking nerd. Right? Like, they can like, that's the victory they get. You get the victory of just like, your dad came and got you because it got a little scary. Do you think, I think it would be kind of cool if we had a leaderboard in the game of the people who scared the most, like the players who scared the most other players to running off with their dads. I think that could be good. I also think there's a fucking pro-level MLG strat where the dad and you are invincible during this cutscene. But if you can put yourself between the enemy and the highway off-ramp, or wait, put the enemy between you and the highway off-ramp and then call your dad, he will... Oh my God, triple kill. He will fucking destroy them with the RAV4 and then you will still get in the car... Neither of you will even address the fact that your dad just killed three people. Right. You will get in the car and you won't get points for the kills or anything and you'll drive off. But they'll know. I, I, I guess I'm just like all about disrupting this sort of like usual cycle of shooters. So like you're ready to disrupt kind of the, the online multiplayer competitive shooter that we know and love. You got any good gestions? Here's one from Pet Kitties, who we've definitely used before, who says, Nintendo Gods. All right, so you know Nintendo dogs. I've yes, I've touched those dogs. Yes. Well, this is Nintendo gods. Are we talking about like Zeus and Athena? And there's so many ways to take this. There is. There's the, a lot of pretty bad ways to take this that I would love to avoid. So it's one one possibility is you're raising existing mythological gods, which I'm not crazy about because I, I think what is more fun to me is we finally, finally revive the god game genre and mm. make it a sort of, it's like black and white, but Fuck, it's just a bunch of my Mushroom language. Kingdom shit going on down there, and you're using your touchscreen to kind of grab Mario by the nape of his neck and maybe toss him into a mountain. But that's not really what Nintendogs was about. Well, fuck N- that. It's up Nintendogs, to us. Nintendogs was not a game where you were a dog just fucking shit up. Pikmin 3 was different from Pikmin 2. It's just fucking who cares? We can do yeah, whatever we cares? want. who cares? Um... Man, black and white, dude, you just took me on a trip yeah. through my mind's eye. Talk to me through your favorite black and white memories, and I'll adapt them for Nintendo Gods. I mean, I I think I was too young to understand like how to be good at black and white, so I hit like level two and could not progress any further. But that's okay because I also figured out how to do the chase camera when you fucking picked up a villager and threw them across the entire fucking planet so hard they saw the curvature of the earth Mm -hmm. and so that's all i did for hours and after i did it a thousand times i said i beat the game and i deleted it from my computer i think that's a pretty a lot of people have that experience with black and white where like i couldn't fucking tell you what the critical path was in that that joint but i do remember throwing a lot of dudes around watching them bounce off the side of a mountain and i would love to do that just to the entire suite of uh nintendo mascots Here's one that I'm really fond of because we can kind of do whatever we want with it. Uh, Bart Fargo says Spaghetti Pong. Hmm. I mean, this is that bonus game that came with Sports Friends. 
which oh the like secret hidden one where the yeah it's pong but your paddles are like kind of wobbly and you slap them around it's See, called something like gomp or something like yeah it was yeah that game was all right i think that game I, was fucking fun i played i played the bonus games that and get on top more than i played some of the main games that yeah, came get with on top friends. rules i get so on I'm, top's fucking hysterical i think what i'm picturing though for bart fargo's spaghetti pong i've actually rolled his name into the game it is bart fargo's spaghetti pong yes absolutely um, is i want when the ball launches for it to have a to kind of be almost like a snake mechanic where rather than a ball bouncing between two paddles it's a length of spaghetti that gets longer and longer as it bounces between the two paddles uh and and i guess let's talk about how that might work mechanically i think it can't really i think it leaves the spaghetti trail behind it and there's like some loose watery physics to it so when it passes over it again it kind of wobbles but also like it gets harder and harder to see the the incoming like end end of the spaghetti yeah the business end of this spog exactly so the longer Um, the spog gets so is it so it's always it's a sort of linear direction this spog is moving in right because it's never or can it can it flip end over end and then all of a sudden there's multiple business ends of this one spog oh strand. that's an interesting question i think it's got a i want it to be physically simulated mm. um and i love I well lo- then if that's the case then i think once you've played for too long then it just sticks to one of the paddles it does get nice and exactly how you like it uh it's a little too sticky i, I i'm I again, I think what I'm fond of is like I've never played a there. There, I've played pong games where it speeds up the longer you go, or mm. games where it gets harder the longer the the volley goes. But I've never played a game where it gets harder to read, where legibility, except for maybe yeah. like Space Giraffe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's kind of a neat idea. I don't know. Is, could we get other elements of spaghetti, other sauces and, and meatballs and stuff in the mix, do you think? No, not without people thinking we're being fucking derivative of our flagship product. Fucking, how come every other game developer on Earth gets to just make fucking Shadow of Mordor over and over and we do can't, one spaghetti game do, yeah. 40 weeks apart and... Sorry, man. It's hard out I don't, here. I don't make the fucking rules. Um, I have one here from Manglewort who says, WrestleMania, the text adventure okay don't see a lot of good text adventures these days except um you do there's actually some really good ones out there like lifeline and a, a dark room and they're all on mobile um sorcery is another good one but this would be wrestle boys are in it and you control their actions and their um promos and their slams and their jams and their punches and kicks so what kind of um, are those because that that kind of leads into my first question which is what are the kind of textual verbs that you can enact on the environment so i think it would be like you are you are standing in the ring at wrestlemania 31 and i think that's where we're at and um to the north is the miz to the south is an exit to the east is shane mcmahon and to the west is a torch what what do you do and then i think you type in the direction and then you engage whoever right but if you engage, if you engage Shane McMahon and you don't do, and you didn't go to the Miz, maybe the Miz runs up and just punches you and you lost. You should have done the other one. Or actually the secret is you're supposed to get the torch because the Miz is weak against fl- fire attacks, I guess. So it's one of, it's got the old, cl- it's a very throwback, like classic uh, text adventure where you can just make a wrong choice and be arbitrarily killed. Destroyed. Or yeah. over I mean, at any time. Yeah. Um, but then it can be like, once you, once you were getting into that good fight, it can be like use lift on shane and then use toss on uh, to um spanish announcers table it seems like there's a 
there's a lot of opportunity for fun Easter eggs where if you absolutely will, you'll do. bake in Griffin, you specifically will bake in fun combinations and references to classic wrestles that happened in years past. I don't know a, a good goddamn thing about wrestling, but I, mm. I'm gonna it's gonna be on you to kind of carry this. I think I can get us across the finish line there. I did you ever use Q Basic as a kid? Think so. Q basic. Q basic was a programming language that came on a lot of old computers that you could like uh, activate the exe, and then there was like fun games in there. So there was one where like you could type in um, a vertical and horizontal velocity, and then a monkey would throw an exploding banana towards another monkey, and you had to try to hit him. Okay. Uh, There's also a snake clone on there. I learned how to program in Q basic a little bit, and I made my own. Um, fucking choose your own adventure game that i spent probably 200 hours making based on final fantasy mystic quest like who who gave a shit about that enough to spit me apparently i was touched by final fantasy the bad role-playing game final fantasy mystic quest that i pissed my life away so i'm saying i think if i could find q basic i could make this pretty this is one of those few games that i think i could actually fucking make for us yeah you could pick up where you left off a bit i never i I don't think i ever got like i i've always fantasized like i would like read books about coding but i never really did it as a boy instead i was really making kind of choose your own adventures in powerpoint Mm -hmm. and in hyper studio that was my jam yeah um man maybe we just make a new q basic for kids a new piece of coding software yeah that's like kind of shitty but it's just like if 10 go to 20 like like so fucking easy like calculator programming bullshit right man well so this is interesting because my my instincts as a developer would be to make something maybe more adjacent to click and play where it's just like a awful prototype oh my god where you can just make the shittiest yeah, that'd be really I, good. There's like, tell me if you if this resonates with you. I feel like there was a pretty big chunk of my life where I didn't know there was such a thing as like bad things. Like I, there was no the concept of bad <laughs> video games didn't enter my mind until like I was probably eleven or twelve. They were just uh, video games, and they were all good. Yeah, bud. So I was like definitely downloading like the shittiest Sonic the Hedgehog fan games all made in click and play and just kind of playing them indiscriminately because I don't think I had a Sega Genesis yet. And it was a, I like, I'm sure on some level I knew that this was not commander keen levels of quality, but I, it was free I mean, Sonic that I got I, on I, yeah. cities. Like what the I fuck? Used, I used to like, I would get birthday money and I would go to KB toys with my birthday money and I would go to the SNES section and I'd be like, Oh, I'll spend all my money on the adventures of Dr. Franken. And then take that home and be like, wow, this game sucks. But it, I, I didn't have that thought. Looking back now, of course it wasn't a good game. Kimco's The Adventures of Dr. Franken. But I didn't have that thought in my mind of like, I should spin this on a good one. Right. There was no, we weren't looking for purchasing advice. We were just like, hey, a new video game. It's good because it's not the one I have already. It's different. Different things. Different graphics in the game. I'm going to spend all of the money I'll have this year on Paladin's Quest. And it's going to be fucking miserable. It's going to be really bad. And I'm not going to understand how it works. Um, how about a new one? Sure. Uh, here's one from Wolf Buns uh, who says, These worlds are getting too open, boys. Make the world's first closed world game. Shit. I now, mean, this is like the room, isn't it? Like, this is like escape the room shit. I love I love the room, but I think... I'm, well, I, I was I, when I read the submission earlier, I was trying to like think of what the opposite of an open world game is. And I think about like... 
the in the opening first few hours of like of like those late 2000s open world like a saints row one or something or like you remember how open world games would like there'd be like a bridge to get to the other side of town but it's yes. like locked down but this, if, and if you drive across it there you fucking get five stars immediately right exactly please come fuck your shit up my vision for this is a game where it starts out completely open on some breath of the wild shit and as you progress through the story the world begins kind of closing in on you and you lose access to entire swaths of the game until by, by the time it ends you're just on one sort of tiny half mile square that you really got to just make the most out of i like that a lot actually how do we make that how do we make that uh i mean we're describing we're describing my dream game i'm so fucking over open world games except for breath of the wild which is maybe my favorite open world game ever made and so i'm willing to carve out an exception but like when faced with like a new fucking galaxy of green spears that i can collect until i find the blue ones and then i can find the purple ones Mm -hmm. and get the legendary quality and spend some time crafting that on the other side of the world like i'm just like it sounds like a lot of travel and i'm kind of a homebody these days right i there's nothing there's nothing more exciting to me than when someone like a video game is getting talked about and people are like by the way it's two hours long i'm like dog Mm, yama yama give me that give me grow home um how about this one what you got? And it's uh, it's from the opposite of decent, who says a game where every boss is a popular musician with attacks based on their biggest hit song. Right. I also think this would. I, there's also a version of this where it's um, uh, it's a one hit wonder and based on like their only their only, their hit, only song. hit song. Right. Yeah. I, I, so so there's no genre really laid out for us here, other than that there are boss battles and the the rest is our oyster kind of. The rest is our oyster to determine. It's okay. I don't like, you know, I don't like giving you ultimatums, mm-hmm. but it's really important to me that we have Gangnam style in here that we yeah. have. Psy. So there is, there's be, there would be horses like a horse summoning, right? It would be an equine summon attack that he does. Oh, I guess he's kind of, he's able to summon it by kind of crossing his wrists and doing the, I'm doing and it right now. That. Doing the, I know you're doing it. Right I'm now. doing it right now. Can you, no, I know you're, I you assume you're always doing it. Yeah. I'm not always doing it. There have been entire episodes of this show where I went the whole time without doing without the Gangnam, Gangnam Style styling? dance once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, this is not one of them, though. I mean, you could do like I'm sorry. I'm looking at a list of one hit wonders right now, and there's some fucking weird things on here, such uh, as what? Well, like the Mighty Body Boss tones had at least two two, two, two wonders. Wonder. They had that song on the Digimon the movie soundtrack, right? Oh, fucking! I don't know. Um, why would I know? Why would you know? Uh, Marcy Playground Sex and Candy. I think there's probably like an, an attack based on ba- in there somewhere. Mm. Simi Sonic Closing Time. They just they make you close your eyes and then you have dark you have the darkness debility and that's that's I'm imagining this is sort of just an RPG. I Can guess. I Griffin cuz I'm realizing now you don't and I'm, by the way a lot of these attacks sound like sort of like vaguely JoJo Bizarre Adventure adjacent God, I've got to watch that show sometime, huh? No, nah, not really. Um, I see it. I see it. It's haunting me on Crunchyroll sometimes. It's sitting there. And I'm like, it's sitting there no, like, you're too huh? busy watching today's the day? Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Which one's, who's that? <laughs> I, I'm going to, just to give you a sense of what it's like, because you deserve, you deserve to know okay. uh, what was on the Digimon the movie soundtrack. It is like the most, <laughs> it is the most quintessentially year 2000 soundtrack of all time, it's. Hey, and I, I want you to know this was my only exposure to any of these artists. Okay, 
I'm so uh, fucking excited so, the, that that you just added that this is the, your only exposure to these artists makes me the most excited to hear what you okay. have to say. Nick. So opens with a digi rap, of course. Uh, song number two, All Star by the band Smash Mouth, performed. Okay, by, that's okay. Dog shit. That's that. Yeah, can't that's be actually the only... not true because that's the one exception on this list. Except maybe there, there might be two exceptions, but Smash Mouth was the one because the first CD I ever bought was Smash Mouth's Astro Lounge at a Target in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so All Star by Smash Mouth. God, this album's so good. Uh, Rockefeller Skank by Fatboy Slim. Ooh. A cover of Kids in America by a band called L.E.N. or Len. Uh, hey Digimon, which is kind of Digimon rap adjacent. That's also by Paul Gordon, the Digimon rap composer. Uh, the song, I don't know if you know this, the song One Week by the band The, the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, Have you heard of manzies. them? Yeah. Uh, the impression that I get by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Hey, there they are. That's a, that's a slapper. Uh, All My Best Friends Are Metalheads by Less Than Jake. Oh my god! Um, this was a Digimon this was movie. A, all of these songs show up in the film itself. So they'd be like f- the fucking orange dinosaur is fighting the yeah, red Gar- one. Garumon, is that right? I I know fuck all about. I was very brand loyal to my Pokey buddies, um, but like they would be fighting like a big red swordfish or whatever the fuck, and I'd be like, dude, that's precisely what it was like. God, that movie's fucking great. That song's fucking great. I never had to knock on wood. That's yeah. that, right? It was like, I was literally, yesterday I was wandering around my kitchen kind of like singing that song and I was like, why is this in, I'm like, oh right, the Digimon the movie soundtrack is what injected this into my head. Like the only, the, no joke, the only exposure to the Mighty Mighty Boss tunes that I ever had and ever will have. Uh, Shit. Oh, it looks like though, it looks like Metacritic gave the movie a quote, generally unfavorable score of 20 out of 100, which is not no, that no. big of a number, but I, I don't know. You know, if I made a movie... And I asked 100 people to see it, and 20 of them walked away saying I liked that. I think, I think I'd think i be all right made, with that. You made 20 people's day, you know? Just made Lawrence Van Gilder children. of the New York Times did describe the film as, quote, noisy and ill-conceived as it focused too much on, quote, morphing monsters and too little on, quote, storytelling talent and animation. Uh, let's see how Pokemon it, the Movie 2000 did. Well, that's the problem here, is that critics consider the film uh, an improvement over Pokemon the first movie. However, in itself was predictable, suffered from mediocre animation, and this article's... See, Pokemon the Movie 2000 has 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's fucking ridiculous. Who are they trying to fool? Two, movie 2000 is the one that... Is that the one that had, like, the fun Pikachu that's Island Lugio, short? Lugio in it. Oh. Fucking Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo versus Mew, 14%. Fuck? Fuck, and fuck off with that because that, would, that, would make me cr- critics, that one makes like, me cry every time. Yeah, who's out there f- watching that movie and fold that? First of all, there's some good, like legitimately good puns in those movies. I don't I don't really fuck with anyone who was like a critic in like the age, the years like 1998 to 2002 and was like walking into the theater to see Pokemon the movie expect like they're going to shit all over it. But like, holy shit, the rest of this episode is me reading actual famous reviewers thoughts of Pokemon yeah, what the did, movie. What did Siskel and Ebert say? Well, let's t- let's start with Wally Hammond from uh, Time Out. Uh, popular film criticism the story is a humorless retread of a bond style world domination yarn with a frankenstein theme i'm sorry are you talking about mewtwo and team rocket and stuff uh how about this one from uh robert kohler at variety this pacifist spirit of brotherhood echoes the heroics in princess mononoke and other anime titles but the artistic gap between the miyazaki masterpiece and this project is huge i'm sorry you mean the pokemon um licensed pokemon movie are you talking about the pokemon movie that has the year it came out in it or are you talking about the pokemon movie that's called pokemon the first movie because it's the first pokemon movie like how's your expectation management 
Huh. By the way, I'm I'm a little I'm getting a little actually defensive about this because I'm reading now that uh Digimon the movie won the award for worst achievement in animation at the 2000 Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. That's mean. I don't think there should be a Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. I don't think there should be one of those. How about this one from Jeffrey M. Anderson at Combustible Celluloid? If you're over 10 years old, I have four words for you. See Princess Mononoke instead. Like, yes, I, like, sure, but come the f- what the fuck? Yeah, who are you, who are you dissuading? Who's like, I don't know, what man. like what the f- like what's why you don't don't go see Pokemon the first movie go see f- go see f- fucking uh, No Country for Old Men go see Fargo instead <laughs> yeah go see a what? real movie stupid eleven year olds Empire Magazine it would be nice to think that the kids would take on board the heavy handed moral messages but more likely they'll be looking out for new Pokemon to collect therefore f- fulfilling Nintendo's merchandising dream. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Fucking so it's the easiest target on earth. I'm not into it. Do Leave you remember alone. Do you remember when Kevin Smith made uh Jersey Girl and he was like this movie's not for the critics. This movie's not for critics. This is mm-hmm. just for this one's uh number 4 the fans and it's been after like and he, he just learned to come to grips with being a single dad. Um I, and he said that, and I thought, that's garbage. I actually feel that way about Pokemon, the first yeah. mu- movie, Mewtwo versus Mew. I think you should just skip it. I don't think you should review this one. I just don't think you should get to review it. With its undertones of slavery and cockfighting, Pokemon Whoa! may have the most unsavory premise ever for children's entertainment. Holy shit. That's from the Northwest Herald in Crystal Lake, Illinois. the jugular Northwest Herald. Um, this film is baffling, amateur, and somewhat contradictory about violence. That's Hollywood.com said that one. Well, you got us there. There's some weird violence. I want a big one, a big site. Uh, BBC, the BBC, Disney's wild, creative, but beautifully controlled set pieces, eccentric, memorable characters, and sheer rush of color tower over anything on offer here. Okay. I thought for a second there, they may have been very confused. Like, you want to know who fucking kicked ass? Who? Who fucking hit it out of the park on the review of Pokemon the first movie? <laughs> Here's the opening paragraph of Roger Ebert's review. Fuck yeah, all right. This is, me, God, I, how am I not surprised that EB got it in check this one? Out. There are times here on the movie beat where when I feel like I'm in plane over my head. This is one of those times. My assignment is to review Pokemon the first movie. I have done research. I have even played a Pokemon card game with a six-year-old Pokemon trainer named Emil. <laughs> The rules of the game seem to bear a suspicious resemblance to war. <laughs> Don't really follow you there. No, actually, it seems suspiciously like Magic the Gathering, but fine. Yeah. Mystery. At the end of the game, Emil had all 52 cards. I do not I do not know That's- if this is because of his mastery as a trainer or because he stacked the deck. <laughs> I did not know we were playing a real Pokemon game. Emma was pulling you a fast one. Dude, that's not that's how the not Pokemon <laughs> trading card game works. Homie, you got scammed by Emma. A six-year-old scammed it's, it's, Roger I, it's Ebert out of $20 worth of Pokemon cards. I know. Yes. It's pronounced, first it's pronounced email, which I only know because it's my dad's middle name. But also, fucking, this kid is the dopest ever. Like, yeah, so the way it works is you put your card down there. Oops, I put my Charizard on top of it so I get to keep your yeah, I actually War got Turtle. all of these oh. cards. Open your yeah, wallet. Open your wallet. Actually, you give me $30. Kind That's of a the $30 rules of the money game. match minimum. It's just like... But shout out to Roger Ebert for being like, yo, dog, let me be, let me be 100% level with you. Work. I don't know what the fuck this shit is. I'm just... This is just my job. Of course... I mean, he does the he does do the, the kind of mean-spirited Miyazaki comparison. 
I mean, I guess that, did that fucking come out that year? That must be it. Because well, I don't know why the fuck actually, else. It's... He talks about Totoro specifically. Um, okay, here's, here's I mean, that's, even, that's, even that's better because recommend... Totoro's the, the children's movie, while Mononoke is fucking super that's an not. adult movie. Um, he closes out by saying, uh, I can't recommend the film or work up much enthusiasm for it because there's no level at which it enriches a young viewer by encouraging thinking or observation. It's just a sound and light show linked to the marketing push for Pokemon in general. But. I may have completely bypassed the point and misinterpreted crucial Pokemon lore. This may disqualify okay. me from ever becoming a Pokemon trainer. I can live with that. You know what? Fucking good you know, on you, though. Good on you. That's that's oh, that's that good man. That's that classic. I mean, that's that good stuff. They don't make man. them like they used to. Not the fucking. I don't know. Cider House Rules was a, a much superior film. Uh, this this movie could have used some of Kevin Spacey's gravitas that he brought to American Beauty. Like s- fucking. By the way, this this art this review was published in 1999. Uh, there are comments from like 2014 where dudes are like, "What a deplorable review." He claims he did his research, but he completely missed the point of Pokemon. I mean, he did get the rules wrong, but that's not his fault. Emil took him to the fucking s- the the Griffin. The, the shop. All the, the awesome lore is completely lost him. He sees Don Fan and thinks, "Okay, a Pokemon," but it was so much more than what the, that when the movie premiered. He'll never understand the mystery of the elusive Mew and why having Mew in the movie was so freaking awesome. Why is Don Fan like the thing he? Why is Don Fan on? your go-to? Yeah. Um, is this our fucking? <laughs> uh, yeah, our, our is game. This is this our nug? This is like okay, 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 okay. The game is like papers, please. <laughs> and you are a movie critic who has been assigned, and it's two thousand, and you've been assigned to review. Uh, uh, fucking Pokemon the first movie mm-hmm. and then Digimon the next year and then there's always going to be something right leading up to some, like yeah. yo- yokai watch and whatever per- the perhaps fuck perhaps that something is procedurally generated as you go through the game yes there's a chill a, ch- a, a, a immensely popular children's toy and game franchise yeah, phenomenon. that has a new movie and you are tasked with reviewing it in a way that is digestible for your readers but also like gets it and this game would be fucking impossible. Yeah, you just lose. Yeah, you just... No, I think there's a win condition, but I think it involves, like... I think you actually write the review, and then how does how do we score the review? Like, how does the game how does the game score the, what the reviewer does? I, yes. I, I, I mean, my criteria would be modesty and, like, willingness to admit that you're... You have to humble yourself before Pokemon the first movie, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You I have agree. to come... You have to... The penitent man shall pass, you know? It's just this is so this I could I could no joke. There's 30 more of these fucking reviews, Nick, and it's I could read. So, I could we could do a whole pod, single, separate podcast about this. One fucking Rhonda Bogman from uh, Pop Matter says, "I shudder at the thought of several sequels to this flick." Shudder! Oh, it's the shudder. worst idea. Oh Although, no, you, children's movies. Rhonda's lamentations at the thought of them making 60 of these fucking movies, which they absolutely have and did. I, and I did will do. admit that I am like. I'm looking at the cast for Pokemon the first movie on this Eber review, and I'm slightly shook by the revelation that the same dude did the voices of Brock, James, and Squirtle. Oh, That's dude, yeah. fucking, that is news to me. Is there, is there going to be, because Papers, Please, what was cool about that game to me was like, there are these sort of procedure, like these, these moments in the game where it would kind of stop down and something surprising or unexpected would happen. Yeah. Uh, is there a is there a moment in our Pokemon the first movie procedurally generated review simulator where a a six year old kid named Emil tries to hustle you out of thirty bucks? Because that's <laughs> that is so pivotal to the experience. The fact that Roger Ebert admitted that is how about this? The, awesome. the Austin Chronicle fucking reviewed this. Marjorie uh, Baumgarten 
said there's a new definition of the term critic proof movie and it goes by the name Pokemon the first movie. Hell yeah. These are the these are the only folks that got it. Just like yeah, Marjorie we're not gonna and do, Roger. This is not gonna be good. Um fuck. I don't know if this is a good game idea or not. I'm just like I know and I know we've spent a long time talking about it. I'm just like this is my new obsession. Yeah. I I could do a whole just I want to release a book of the best funniest Pokemon reviews. Just seeing just seeing Roger Ebert like even talk about Mewtwo or Charizard is like such a wonderful salve for my soul. The story is idiotic. The individual Pokemon have personalities that make the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles look like Billy Crystal. That's a crazy simile. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? But that okay, this okay, no, this is the nug because that sentence that was just written was chosen from the user interface of this video game right. where it's just like the and then, like, you get a, a list of prompts of, like, culturally relevant things in the year 1999. It's like mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles looks like, and then you get a list of culturally relevant actors in 1999. It's <laughs> like Billy, Billy Crystal. Crystal somehow. And then, and then that's how we score it, right? Like, that, 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 that uses heuristics that are easy to check up on. You're not actually, like, typing in shit. You are choosing, like, it's like Mad Libs, right? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's how we do it. It's like Mad Libs for for movie reviews that's and maybe maybe it's just maybe you're just a 90s movie reviewer and that is the game and then pokemon the first movie is that kind of the final boss it's it it is that papers please like winless winless condition where just like you it it is you're hit with an ethical choice and i think the the right choice there is to just like miss your deadline right and not just submit this review delete the get close the get can i okay uh, so because other, the- otherwise because otherwise fucking uh, 18 years in the future two guys are gonna fucking drag you on their cool games inc <laughs> podcast for your shit ass review that you wrote here's something fun we can do on this podcast is imagine that in the game i was punching in something one word at a time and i wrote this phrase how would you rate it a scientist has found a way to genetically clone one of the Pokemons, parentheses, Pokemon, named Mew. Mewtwo then clones other Pokemons on his own. Sort of a revolt of the Pokey. Each Pokemon has a different kind of power. The hero, Ash Ketcham, not correct, so-called because he wants to catch them all and have a complete set of Pokemons. He wants to catch, catch them all. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. And he wants to have a complete set of Pokemons. And ventures with his friends to the villain's island where battles take place between different kinds of Pokemons, then parentheses, Poke-me, question mark, and their clones. So Roger really is spending a lot of the text here wrestling with the idea of how you make Pokemon plural and still never really lands on the correct answer. I mean, there's so many, there's just a lot of these little fish, he's flopping around, gasping for air, trying to find the angle, trying to find the through line for their review. And this person found the through line, and it was, I don't know what the plural is, and that's the whole thing. That person is Roger Ebert. George Mayer for the Orlando Weekly says, this is a movie that knows its audience. See, that's, you gotta humble yourself. That's Humble yourself before Mewtwo. Humble yourself before Mewtwo has got to be like a your webcam turns on and you kind of need to bow before him. And that's the only way. That's the only true win condition for the game. And no. if you want to see more uh, people humbling themselves before Mewtwo, you should go to YouTube.com slash Polygon <laughs> and check out our series, Touch the Skyrim. Uh, What's the name of this 90s movie critic, 90s movie critic game damn. where it's just like Mad Libs where you just fill in the blanks and then you get scored based on. Like, if you chose the right prompts to satisfy your editor and the audience at large. Can we make it phonetically resemble, like, a Papers, Please, or Cart Life situation? Like a- yeah, so just two words. 
Um, Deadline, deadlines to not anything. It's got to let you have to. I mean, the critic, the game. No, because it (laughs) can't be different thing. Um, Papers, please. It's Ebert, Ebert, and email. (laughs) Because to me, that's the core relationship here. Yeah, the six-year-old who I want to. If you know, if you fucking know, I I need to know this boy who fucking ripped off Roger Ebert 18 years ago. Yeah, holy shit. That's a that's actually a really great question is that he's like 20 he's like fucking basically my age now if I'm doing my yeah. math right. And he pulled off this legendary con, this heist. This heist essentially. I mean not that and, and sliding doors, dude, like which also probably came out in 1999. Fucking what if he hadn't done this and Ebert had kept those cards and became a huge fucking like Ernie Hudson Poke fan. That would be sick. Getting away in a competitive play. Sliding doors. Um, we need a game. We need a name. Name, name, name. Critical. Critical. Was is there a a Pokemon? I don't know that it has to be on the Pokemon in the Pokemon maybe franchise. In, maybe instead of critical darling, it's like critical critical Darkrai. That's a Pokemon. <laughs> um popular opinion popular opinion bias i think between the two of us griffin we're there's gonna be a good pokemon pun we can come up with but okay yes i just don't know that pokemon needs to be in the title of it i mean we could do our uh yeah that's it so but you're just gonna say a pokemon word aren't you i would never do that no I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be good for the name. I think it would give away the surprise. I think I you do like a a critical word, and I do a video game word. All right, ready? Yep. All right. One, One two, two, three. three. Analysis. Oh, you fucker! What Munchlax analysis is a pretty good name for a video game. <laughs> Munchlax wasn't even in Pokemon the first movie. He doesn't have to be in Pokemon the first movie. This is a time hopping. As you as you advance in your career, we go later and later. All right, Munchlax analysis is a good is a very good name actually. All right, Munchlax analysis. It is a Mad Lib style uh, review simulator. It's a game of, about the struggles of being an aging critic, really. Of being a critic of, of movies that were just not made for you at all. <laughs> God, this is so fucking. I'm gonna like. I'm bookmarking the Rotten Tomatoes page for Pokemon the first It's a movie. real cool And you know what's mind. so exciting to me, Nick, is I know that the other Pokemon movies have similar amazing reviews like this. Just like, it's no yeah. Ponyo. I know it's not Ponyo. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, we could probably come up with an algorithm that could just figure out the exact percentage of Pokemon movie reviews that, like, name drop a Miyazaki movie. Because it's got to be, like, 80%. Sorry, I'm just dipping in real quick. And we won't do as deep a dive. Oh my god, fucking Miami Herald, you've, you've disappointed me after your good review of the first movie. Uh-oh. Japanese, uh, this Charles Savage, uh, appropriate last name. Japanese anime can rise to a legitimate art form, as with the intricate and haunting post-apocalyptic classic Akira, but the disposable oh, Pokemon yeah. 2000 is far lazier stuff. You fucking, fucking ass. Off. Fucking name-dropping Akira. What a, what a, what a piece of work. It can rise to a respectable, like Akira. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, no, you know, the Pokemon, no Pokemon the fourth movie was good. I just wish it was more like Akira. It's my only real problem with it. Oh my god! 
Well, that's, I mean, I think that's, that's it. Thank you for listening to BBC.com. A few set pieces, though, do stand out. Weird. Almost entirely spherical fish swimming in the water. Magic carp, you mean? Okay. A boat crashing down hundreds of steps. You're just describing, okay. And a jagged, quote, chicken lit up by golden electric energy are certainly transfixing. I'm sorry. Zapdos? Zapdos? (laughs) Golden chicken? I love that. Gotta love that golden chicken. <laughs> You're talking about that golden jagged chicken, Zapdos, my boy Zapdos. I'm, and I, I think I'm, there's no better way to to wrap this up though than to look at the only zero star <laughs> review of Pokemon the first movie, written by uh, the Michael Atkinson of the Village Voice. Um, the, it's actually been taken down now, but I think with a little bit of internet detective work and here we go got the google case open stand us he opens it with stand aside for i am the master of perplexitu the 152nd pokemon species of the head slapping variety with the special power of gape god gape i don't know why he said gape (laughs) all right he's kind of predicting where the pokemon franchise fan art might end up going down the line my pokemon can even transform into urkadon a highly evolved pokemon of the cranky critic variety oh my Mm. god nick it's no akira it makes the star wars mythos play like pong oh my god amid the mean amid Okay, okay, okay. In fact, entire hunks of the feature about a cloned psychic feline endeavoring to take over the world by cloning more Pokemon made me wish I was Dope Chew, air Pokemon of the peyote variety, amid the... Fucking... Amid the low-grade Akira Brimstone, (laughs) noxious cuteness, and Stone Knives animation... The Pokemon universe reveals itself here to the newcomer as possibly the most deranged, pointlessly complex, automatic writing-like cultural manifestation outside of the cosmologies of the more creative psychotics. Dude, you can't, you can't Dude, write. Dude, you gotta stop it. It sucks to read. It sucks to hear you read. Oh. This, 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 this is somebody who just, this is somebody who fucking charged right into the final boss of. Snorlax, Munchlax analysis. Yeah. With just like, I'm ready to take on this one's challenges. And they got through it. And it's like, you weren't yes. ready prepared. You did a 0% speed run. You figured out how to lose the game as quickly as possible. And it's by opening with like a sarcastic thing talking about your special power of gape. You blew Fuck it. Wowzers, Nick. All right. I could so, I could literally do this all day. But. I know there's so scary movie is a better family film says John Popick. What reviewer. the fuck? No, it's not. It's not. I promise. That's just not correct. Susan Stark, Detroit News, a tolerable experience. Yeah, okay, okay. You know what? That's how, that's closer. You gotta walk the middle path. Humble thyself. I love before that. Before Mewtwo. Humble thyself before Mewtwo. The penitent critic shall pass. It's just the way. It's just the way the world works. That's it, <laughs> Nick. We gotta wrap up, dude, or else I'll go the whole day with this, and I can't because I have a flight to catch. Yeah. Um. This has been Cool Games Inc. This has been Munchlax Analysis. <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> I can't. It's hard for me to process thoughts anymore. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I just want to. I want. I, I'm I closing the tab. Read. I want to binge. I'm gonna spend my entire birthday binging. Fucking. Yes. Oh, happy birthday, Nick! Thank you. I forgot. I'm gonna. Space. I'm plan on spending it. I was gonna have a small little get together, <laughs> but I've decided instead that I'm canceling that, and I'm just gonna open. I'm gonna get a third and a fourth and a fifth monitor, and I'm gonna put Pokemon reviews from 1999 <laughs> on every single one and just really soak it in. 
Um, thank you for listening. Please tell a friend. Please leave a review on iTunes. Please keep listening. And that's it. That's it. Thanks. Thanks. Um, until next time, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Nick Robinson. No problem. Fun.